0: Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. <laughs> all right, gang, it is that time. It is your favorite Tuesday you've had all week, and you are joining us for the True Wealth Show. I'm
1: glad it's not a Tunday.
0: Indeed. Tundays are exhausting. Tundays are, in fact, quite exhausting. Um, and so we're still catching up from last week. You know, I love where you just try to cram a bunch in you're like you lose a Monday. And everybody's, if you're like, no, we. I mean, I'm totally glad to have lost the Monday. Right. Like I think, we're not. Yeah, we're yeah, not complaining about having the yeah, day off. That's not it. But it does mean like, OK, now everything else scrunch it in there and uh as the joke was we've been trying to put you know 10 pounds of stuff in a five pound sack for a while now oh (laughs) so
1: it is so true and yeah you're like sweet now i'm further behind great no just kidding it's vacation days are great they're good you know you a to honor what we're doing like which is why we had the vacation in the first place right memorial day is a very important day for us as well as a as a country but for mental health reasons and just physical health reasons, it's good to just to have a day to chill and remember your family and be together. And so I think it's they're, they're well-deserved and well-used, but they do make work life a little harder. <laughs> it,
0: just, it just makes things full. So uh, all fine problems to be tackling today. So look, I uh, we, we did not uh, do as much prep as we might have for today's show only because, again, Tundays but i do have something that i believe that our listeners should really think about because we're getting a lot of questions these days and i'm really big on you've probably heard me say this before katie the question before the question or the question within the question
1: the question within the question happens a
0: lot right so people will say oh what about this thing and i go well really you're asking about these other things to get to the thing okay we see this in politics all the time will you say yes or no to this thing and then what what the answer is typically It's not black and white. It's not a yes or no question. You'd like it to be black and white because it makes for great headlines and it means that you can really twist the screws to something. But the reality is that it's a complicated issue and it's not as easy as just saying, it is this. I mean, you may even say principally, it is this, until I am faced with some form of nuance where then you go, it is this, except for this time. You know, (laughs) like, crud. So... I
1: would have a hard time giving blanket answers all the time because I always want to get down into the details. As a detail-oriented person, that drives me nuts. Yes. Right? Like, I can't paint that widely broad-stroking, sweeping brush, whatever the whole thing is. Yeah, yeah can't do yeah, that.
0: And I can totally paint with a broad brush as long as I'm right. You can <laughs> <laughs> no
1: the problem is you paint with a broad brush and then like the details come up and you're like
0: wait what and I, it's I like, just ran over that detail I just
1: ran it over and then I backed it up and then I ran it over I, again You get an
0: eraser for that roller <laughs> so, oh.
1: <laughs> True. okay True story. so
0: here's my question within this the is question the big one. it's not even a question within a question it just explains where so many questions come from right? okay how do you tell the difference between something that's an investment and something that's a speculation
1: oh that's a good one okay how do i tell the difference between something that's an investment and something that's a speculation
0: right and and so before we can really probably answer that we should probably define this a little bit right right because i get this all the time people will come and say can i buy this you know xyz company right and the reason that this is so relevant is because do you remember the gamestop thing oh my gosh
1: Right. Could I forget the GameStop thing?
0: <laughs> I mean, and this was probably, what, two, three months ago where – Has it been that long? I, it's got to have been a couple months, right? I don't know. My, my, it all I'm, runs together. By the
1: way, I have admitted on air and to many, many people, my concept of time is, like, just blended together. Like, I, it could be a month ago and it, it or a year ago, and I will not recall exactly how long ago it was.
0: It's It's true. It's it's, it's, I'm
1: forward looking. I'm always looking forward. So like once it's behind me, I don't care anymore. I don't look in the rearview mirror. (laughs)
0: Gotcha. Well, regardless. So I think this was probably two, three months ago that we had the GameStop saga. And if you were scratching your head wondering, what are you talking about? First of all, GameStop is a company. Right. Right. It has stock that's publicly traded. Right. And this was a company that was primarily at the time and and i'm saying at the time because they are trying to reinvent themselves but it was sort of like a blockbuster video for video games right right so you could buy games or you could come back and trade, trade them, them sell and so, them yeah, yeah and, and what we've seen is a lot of video games have moved online right, right. So and streaming and downloading more, and, and not all of them have certainly but a lot of them or they're downloadable now so you don't have to go to a retail location to buy physical media you can download these games this by the way is relevant to all right so nft i'm not going to go into a lot on the show today but i'm going to plant this seed for a future show nft NFT, non-fungible tokens okay all right so it's just it's it's interesting because what it is is something that you can protect it's intellectual property that can be protected online like you can't copy it
1: Ah, interesting. Okay. okay.
0: And it's, non-fungible tokens. And the reason it matters is because and this also plays into our question of is it investment or is it speculation or maybe a little of both. Okay. Right? Uh, although I will argue that rarely is it both, uh, which is blockchain. Okay. Non-fungible tokens exist on blockchain. Isn't
1: this going into cryptocurrency now? Well,
0: n- blockchains are oftentimes represented by cryptocurrencies. Right. Bitcoin is actually a form of blockchain. Right, But not every cryptocurrency is itself the blockchain. It's tokens associated with the blockchain. So, again, you're getting into w- the weeds.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering where you're going with this.
0: I'm not going anywhere with it. I'm going back to GameStop. Okay. And GameStop. The idea that the business of gaming has changed a lot. And so GameStop looked like a company that was sort of let's call it a candle that was burning out archaic right it just seems like it or a melting ice cube there's uh, a there example. we go one melting right? ice here's cube. a melting ice cube of a company and some hedge funds got wind of this uh through whatever mechanism they did and they shorted the stock they
1: bet against it
0: okay and so shorting the stock means borrowing the shares to sell and then buying the shares back at a lower price to cover return the difference to the people you borrowed it from right okay so there's a concept called naked shorting shouldn't exist okay who the comes investing. up
1: with these names okay well, naked shorting
0: yes it starts in the options world right okay if you uh want to buy or sell an option on a stock and you don't own the stock. You have so, to borrow I mean, it from somebody. I, I have Amazon stock, and I or I don't have Amazon stock, but I sell a put, right? So that means I write an insurance contract that says you, you know, Amazon's trading somewhere around thirty-two hundred bucks right now. A share. I know it's so, so high; I can't so believe let's, it. Let's say that I, without buying the stock, turn around and and sell to you, Katie, the right to sell Amazon for thirty-two hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. And Amazon comes out with accounting irregularities. Again, this is all fictional example here, right? This hasn't happened, but, it's, but, but something goes wrong and Amazon stock gets cut to $1,500 a share, Whew. okay? You have the right then, when that option comes due, right, at its uh, expiration date, you have the right to collect Amazon stock to sell it for $3,200.
1: Which protects my little bum bum because it just cut cut well, in half.
0: Essentially, it's because it's not even a protect. You can sell it for yeah. if you own it, you could sell it for that. But you don't even have to own the stock. You could have just bought the put. Right. Right. And you bought an option. And so you have way less risk than me in this scenario because you could buy the option for a fraction of dollars. And then the the price craters. And you can buy the stock and immediately sell it for an instant profit. Right. Of uh, about 1600 bucks a share. Uh, right. Right. Whereas day, he he I don't own the stock. Good. Now I have to oh, come up with the money, the money good. for this. Right. Yeah. You only had to pay a little bit of money for the option, but I have to get all the stock to sell to me
1: because you promised yeah, me you'd so sell to go it to get me. A
0: hundred shares of stock. You have to get a part of that. Right. You know, you only needed a fraction of that value because the risk was now if the markets went up, I just kept the money that I collected from you for selling the option, right? Right. You don't exercise the option; you're out the money. It's like right. buying insurance and not using it. Right. Right. I get that's, to. That's that's a
1: good example yeah. for options. It's insurance.
0: Yes, I keep the premium. Okay. Right. So the the insurance premium you paid, I get to keep that as my profit. Okay. But in this case, I didn't have the money to cover my uh, insurance, if you will. And so if it goes down and you exercise it, I have to come up with a lot more money. So I have a lot more downside risk exposure to this. Well, not owning the stock means that I sold that option to you as a naked option. I didn't own the underlying You didn't own asset. the
1: clothes. You were the emperor. You were naked. <laughs> All right.
0: So in the GameStop saga, come on in, you're it not supposed to do, you're not allowed to do that. Like you can't, they shorted more shares than actually existed in the marketplace because they didn't have them they sold them before they had borrowed them even and brokerages weren't supposed to let them do this and well somebody figured it out right somebody on the outside in the retail space figured it out and then the short squeeze was on right Right. and and so the short squeeze was when everybody in the retail side of things, a bunch of people on a Reddit message board, which is just an online messaging service where you can, you know, post. This posts. is
1: this is such an interesting because it's basically a digital civil war. Kind of what happened: like some people got mad and angry, and they went one direction, and other people got mad and angry, and went another direction, and then they were like pitched against each other. GameStop was fun, anyways. Okay. So, it was fun so, to follow.
0: So I, I, you know, I looked at it as simply a bunch of retail investors figured out that a hedge fund cheated. Or at least, you know, I will say alleged cheating because all of this is still sort of under investigation, (laughs) investigation, right? But but the retail investors figured this out and they realized that the hedge funds have to buy the shares back to return them. Right. And so they bought up every share in existence they could find. So there were no shares to buy back. And now the price starts to go up because they're buying
1: anything they can at any price they they can can get so the
0: price keeps going higher and higher and higher because everybody's buying whatever they can find meanwhile the hedge funds have no choice they have to buy it back so at some point they were they started losing money because they shorted the stock and then the price goes above what they shorted it for now they're losing money as the price goes up and then at some additional point all those brokerage firms that loan them the stock or said they would loan them the stock said we have a problem with our collateral, right? We actually, you have to give us more money to cover this bet, otherwise we will call your margin, which is the loan that you took to borrow these stocks for us. Right. And they didn't necessarily have it, which means now they have to go buy the stock back to return it. and. That just creates more demand on the buy side.
1: Well, and there's, there were people that were just following it that just went and bought shares. Like yeah. there were just people who were like, we want to be part yeah. of it.
0: And and the saga continues from there. <clears> but that's not the purpose of today's show. We're not revisiting any more about GameStop than that. What happened, though, is there were a few people that may have bought GameStop long, long ago saying, you know, there's no C- new CEO. And we think they're going to retool the company and it's going to make it and it's going to be worth money. But a bunch of people just saw this as a mechanical exploit. and They said, oh these hedge funds that are mean in their mind, right? You know, they, they feel Ooh, like the evil corporation, the, the evil corporation wah, wah, wah. that says, let's, let's take this company <clears throat> down. And then a bunch of people got together and said, no, we can do something different. And they basically crowdsourced right. a bunch of buying power and they just went after the hedge funds. And so that's where we're at on this thing. Well, now we're into the, um, the arena of what we don't call meme stocks. Okay? Oh no. So meme stocks, GameStop was sort of the first meme stock. If you don't know what that means, don't worry. We'll explain that one next and why it's important to you to know because of the difference between an investment and a spec, speculation. But we gotta take this important Extreme profit break first. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn and Katie Sheck. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio
1: 1240 KQEN.
0: gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. If you are just tuning in, don't forget podcast, right? Available at littlejohnfs.com. Tomorrow it's gonna to be under the Educate tab. Otherwise, uh, you know you can get it on 541 Radio, stuff like that. But really, uh, all the good stuff, especially if you wanna go back in time, is gonna be at Little John FS. It's also where you get to see all that other cool stuff we post and the tools and the goodies, right? I like the tools. So we're looking at today investments versus specs and in the last segment we revisited gamestop because it's relevant to the conversation specifically because gamestop has become a meme stock oh no okay
1: all right so what's a meme stock well Well, i know what a meme is
0: so yeah so first what's a meme
1: isn't that when it's like a picture with a quote and then kind of making fun of something
0: yeah it is Basically, and and so they they usually are kind of viral. So memes, uh, the really popular ones, everybody starts to see them, and you've seen these all over, right? Where it's like my the, favorite
1: are the Princess Bride ones.
0: <laughs> uh, there's yeah, there, well and there's there's tons of them, right? Where right. there's pictures of somebody that they nab some random person, and they you know somebody puts a quote on it. Before you know it, that random person's photo is used over and over and over quotes. again. And and that's literally what it means for things to go viral on the web right Right. so in social media it viral also by the way implies that nobody paid to distribute it somehow that algorithm found something and the way people clicked on it it popularized it to the point that it sort of explodes in distribution and believe it or not my understanding is that for the most part while social media is aware that this can happen on occasion and they kinda let it happen a little cuz it's sort of like winning the lottery that uh, there are things you can do to be more searchable and more popular, but yeah, most of it is if you want to be more searchable and popular, you need to have content that people want to watch. Because right. it keeps eyeballs there. Right. Remember, you know, if you're not paying for the product, it's because <laughs> they're paying for your eyeballs. Yeah, you are the product. So they're trying to keep you there. Well right. the meme stocks were these things that happen in Reddit boards. Right. right, and what is Reddit? Uh, an online chatboard. Yeah, online chatboard. It's not like it's kind of social media, right? You know, you gotta yeah, have to get a handle, but it's a little less policed, if you will. It's it's not curated the same way that like a a little
1: less Facebooky. You
0: know, a lot. I, well, yeah, a little less, but it's 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 more like just a thread of people answering questions from each other. So you still see the whole thread and. There's, there's commonality. But
1: okay, but who cares? But meme meme. why do meme stocks matter?
0: Well, because when you get a whole bunch of retail investors that start using the technology of the day, which is discount brokers, where you're not going through a professional, you're just saying, I can go online, I can open an account and I can invest in whatever I want. Well, this army of retail investors that were sort of spearheaded by uh, this Reddit board, which used to have a few hundred thousand members and now has several million... million
1: Right. Talk about exploding and going viral. Well,
0: all those people start sort of uh, imagine it's like a wave at a professional sports stadium, like a few people get it started. And before you know it, the whole crowd is in on it. Okay. Well, that's sort of what this means. Like once people figured out the exploit of GameStop, other people saw it working and they piled on. Right. Well, what drives the price of a stock?
1: or anything. Uh, who wants it versus how much somebody's willing to sell it. So it's it's co- it's supply, supply and demand supply and demand standard econ one oh one. There you
0: go. And so if everybody gets in their head that this thing's going to go up in price, demand goes nuts. Right. Supply doesn't change. No. And so up, up, up the stock goes. This has happened with lots of other stocks, too. Blackberry. Whoop. Is it back again? Blackberry is back. What? Yeah. Blackberry. What are they coming stock. out with? Oh. No meme stock, ah, right. And some people are saying, well, BlackBerry has some interesting security technology for mobile. True, okay? it's not the devices; it's some of their patents and other things that they own. Okay, so that's that's part of what it is. But but some of it's also a whole bunch of people just chanting BlackBerry, BlackBerry, BlackBerry. So like they just <laughs> they go nuts, right?
1: So I mean, so does Tesla fit into that
0: category? Tesla wasn't a, a meme stock because it was drip It wasn't driven by. Uh, like a reddit board it didn't show up as a flash in the pan but tesla is like a meme stock in that the fundamentals of tesla don't really matter it's just a popularity contest now where so it's more like the kardashian
1: effect right oh Oh, like she likes it so we should like it too and it's like okay but why
0: that is very much how I, i think it's a great way to describe it by the way okay
1: Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Real
1: world it, application. Everybody yeah. understands who the Kardashians are, yeah. whether or not you've watched the show and whether or not you like them. Right. They are in your face 24 seven. You know, and now <laughs>
0: you've got an influencer in Elon Musk and you can change the price of the stock by his tweets. Right. Uh, right? On Twitter. Same for Bitcoin, by the way. Oh, so all Yeah, didn't this... he mention
1: like Dogecoin? And then all of a sudden everybody was like, oh, Dogecoin. I'm like,
0: oh, stop. Yeah. And by the way, Dogecoin, Dogecoin, and Doggycoin, all the same. Spell D-O-G-E. Yeah, pick a, and, pick and, a spelling, pick a and name. And a picture of a dog. Oh, no, not is really. <laughs> literally the icon for this <laughs> particular cryptocurrency. Now, here's where I want, I'm, we're going to pivot for a second. Let's talk about investment or spec. Okay. so is tesla an investment or a spec
1: i would guess because again i'm not a financial advisor i'm guessing that it's a speculation
0: because okay. and the answer is how many angels can dance on the head of a pin
1: you love that saying i don't understand it because it's, it's it's pin it's so like tiny. There's,
0: there's i mean like because you can't see them and you don't know are they big are they small it's it's the, it's a we don't know right there, there isn't an actual answer tesla has some things that are very interesting right if they've got great technology, they have broad distribution, they've got government support, that's a biggie, right? Right. All the different government But they also have the popularity
1: contest, right? They are the high school quarterback.
0: Yeah, Tesla is cool, okay? But recently, Tesla is now facing direct competition from GM and Ford and a host of others, including Chinese manufacturers and other global manufacturers. Because the
1: interesting thing from the social aspect of it, everybody I've heard that has talked to me about Tesla, owns a Tesla. Like a lot of people that have come to me that have said like, oh, I invested in Tesla sock and I just bought one. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you're, you know, but you don't ever hear that from like Ford or GM. Like, oh, I just bought a hundred shares of Ford. So I'm going to go buy a Ford.
0: Well, it's, it, it is a different kind of popularity contest. It is. One. So I largely place Tesla in the spec category because of the valuation. Which we talked about on the show before. We talked about this before, but basically it's really hard to look at Tesla and see how much money the company brings in and how much it is being valued for and think to myself, well, there's a bargain. I want to invest in that. (laughs) Right? Right. So you have to look at Tesla and say, relative to other similar investments, it needs to grow into its value. Right. So people are paying. It'd be like buying a house while it's still blueprints. And so. know it doesn't exist yet you think it's gonna grow to be this really amazing thing okay the difference is that Tesla may take years to get there and they may change several times and other competitors can come in beforehand and change the rules Right. right so I see it as a spec but somebody else will say to me well I see it as an investment because of the technology and because of the environment and because of batteries and because of infrastructure and uh, like all these different reasons that they think that it will be worth what it's currently valued at, or they will say, and it's it's not it's a technology company, it's not. A Do we know company.
1: how long Tesla's been around? Sorry, I don't actually I know the answer. Years.
0: I think we looked this up the other day, and my wife and I were talking about this, uh, and I want to say nine years. I think somewhere around two thousand nine, two thousand ten is when they started to manufacture cars that you could And purchase. when
1: you're looking at, uh, and this I guess is.
0: that's longer, that'd be more like 11 years, but you know. But this
1: is a personal question, which I understand. So when you're looking at historical data on investments, how, is there a certain amount of years that you wanna see as a track record?
0: No. So I think of investments a little bit different. Okay. When I look at an investment, I wanna be able to look at something and some of it has to do with whether or not I can understand how it's being valued, okay?
1: Great people have said, don't invest in anything you don't understand.
0: If, if I struggle to understand how something's being valued, it's hard for me to personally call that an investment any longer because I'm essentially guessing at what the market may think in the future. Now there is an element of chance to all investments right? right. because we don't have known conditions for the future. But, but largely speaking, uh, you know, like Tesla, I can't figure out how does it grow into its value well and the what, part
1: that worries me a little bit more is what happens if elon musk has a heart
0: attack right so there are a lot of things that are fragile now uh people used to say that about apple what would happen if something happened to steve jobs nobody worries about that anymore apple is
1: apple's got apple a, got
0: a new CEO, still thriving. you know that's been at the helm for a bunch of years now and still doing great so it's i don't think that's really the issue right uh it, it would matter initially Right, if, if if but but some other people would view it as a positive because they think Elon Musk is a loose cannon, right? You know he's gotten in trouble with the Securities and Exchange Commission over his tweets. He's you know invested in Bitcoin as a was going to be a way to buy the cars and it wasn't and like so it's always you're never quite sure what he's doing, right? He's, <laughs> a, he's a little bit a little bit of, of like a, Russian roulette. Yeah, a mystic, <laughs> right? So
1: <laughs> a mystic, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: so that's the challenge is i i struggle if it's an investment or not but it's again it has to do with can i what can i value it and say well five years from now it's worth more right and that's generally my my basic test is do i think this thing's going to be around in five years do i think it's going to be worth more than it is now now okay. if I sometimes the answer is i don't think it'll be around in five years because i think somebody will buy it That's still an investment, but there's spec wrapped into it, right? Okay. So so we're really talking about the frame-up. And the frame-up is how am I going to analyze and apply the the different metrics for value to it? Now, this is really relevant, believe it or not.
1: Okay. So Uh, how are we going to apply the metrics to valuing a stock? Is that what you just said?
0: Well, an investment in general. An investment. How do you decide what an investment's worth or how – or – and i guess this is sort of the 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 process for again for me first is if i can't figure out how it's going to be valued then it really starts to transition from investment to spec right doesn't mean that it won't go up right speculation is that well I, there's there's gaps in data and then i have to look at well just if there's gaps in data or understanding are they small enough gaps that i have to drive people nuts a certain amount of faith that the other elements in the industry are going yeah. to materialize is it switch cheese
1: or potholes or sinkholes <laughs> how big are the holes in the so, data
0: <laughs> so let's do this we'll grab another break we'll come back and we'll talk help you as an investor if you're looking at investments and you're trying to figure some of this out how do we place a value in this i don't think we talk about this enough so we'll do that more but we got to take Another obscene profit break. So stick around, we'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. You got True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, welcome back to the True Well Radio Show, where. We are having some fun. There needs to be
1: a radio show outtakes, like the stuff you don't get while on air because they're hilarious. So (laughs) I'm sorry. I have to share it because I'm laughing so hard. And David does this to me. He cracks me up right before we go back on the air. And all you hear is me laughing hysterically like I have a smoker's cough. Um, So we were joking around about having too much on our plates. And he said, yeah, I need to make sure that your head doesn't explode. And I go, do we have insurance for that? And what was your response?
0: Your hair would look messed up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My hair would look messed up. I was like, oh, I didn't even know what to do with that answer. Like, (laughs) it's like you go left and I go right. And we're so far apart on the conversation. But I feel like we're still on a go-kart track (laughs) somehow.
0: It's pretty standard. Uh, And that's how the True Welsh Show rolls, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We do have a lot of fun.
1: Hey, by the way, if you ever want to be a guest just because you love us that much, give our office a call and let us know why you want to be on the show.
0: Yeah. You know, that is that'd be fun. Yeah. If you're interested in joining us, let me know Why? might me Let us know. Right. How can they reach us?
1: 541
0: Or tell you what, I would encourage you send us email. Info at you,
1: littlejohnfs.com.
0: Right. And so the info is the group box. So that's going to go in there and uh, somebody will see it. They'll respond.
1: Actually, there's about five of us that see it, but somebody will it? respond. Somebody
0: <laughs> will see it. This is, that's always the uh, if it goes there, it's like, all right you know who's stepping up so all right back to investing and speculating now we have talked a little bit about this before but i we've now covered meme stocks right so if you're you go back and check out the podcast if you're wondering like i just tuned in okay what's a meme stock we've talked about sort of how these have materialized and then we've been discussing the difference between investment and speculation so i
1: have one for you because it it, Mm -hmm. to me i feel like it still comes up more and more is a pot stock or you know, one that deals with marijuana or CBD or any of those wonderful things, are those speculation or an investment?
0: Okay, so here's the real answer to all of this because you're just heading me off at the past, but we're gonna frame it, right? They're not mutually exclusive. You can have parts that are investment and parts that are speculation simultaneously. Okay. But my tendency is, like there's always some speculation in investing, bits and pieces because there's unknown. Right. So of all of the program, There's your dirty secret right there. They're not separate. There are elements of speculation in investing because we don't know the future. But it's sort of the the more speculative, the the, the less we know, the more speculative it is. The more we're guessing. And there are things about pot stocks in particular or Marijuana or cannabis, right? Cannabis. Cannabis. Is thank one, right? you. That was the word Everybody I was looking says for. cannabis because that makes it sound sort of medical, and and if you don't believe there's power in words, there absolutely is power oh, yeah. in words. That's why that is being chosen over. You know, pot stock sounds like okay recreational drugs sitting around. You know, getting brownies. Okay, and cannabis <laughs> sounds like oh medical application. Yeah, CBD right? oil. So oh, my joints hurt. It, it literally is designed to elicit a different response, right? right? So. Cannabis stocks, pot stocks, whatever you want to call them, here's the the caveat a lot of folks don't follow right now. They may be legalized at a state to state level, but they're not federally legal yet. Right. And Isn't I there say, discussion
1: yeah, about making no, them federally? Been, uh, there
0: is discussion and it has been discussion. Okay. And many high power players within congressional or senatorial leadership have been sort of positive on the idea of creating a legal pathway federally for cannabis pot, marijuana, whatever. I'm not sure what to call it, right? Uh, it's not something I personally indulge in. So I can call it whatever I want, I guess, right?
1: Well, and it depends on what you're using it for. Okay. But anyways, So regardless,
0: what it does is if it's not federally legal, then how do you transact across state lines and how do you deal with the money? because most banks cross state lines and have federal regulations well and if it's not it.
1: federally legal then how are they a um, publicly traded company is it only so I, like i'm still confused them, on all of many those of processes those, they're
0: publicly traded because it's 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 grows owned by companies that do other stuff too right one of the biggest is um, i think canopy growth was purchased by imbev or something right so this is like a or constellation brands constellation brands i believe is what it was they do like liquor and beer but they bought this other business that's owned within it so it's a derivative right it's it's a holding of the other company company that does legitimate stuff how do they hold it well it's canadian right but they do business globally so that's part of constellation brands so if you were interested in trying to find a pathway to you know owning pot cannabis stocks right then that would be a derivative methodology is find something that else that invests in it and invest in that thing, right? And so that is kind of how it works. Or invest in the architecture around it, whether it's security or you know fencing or farm equipment or whatever. But again, I wasn't trying to really get that far off base. No, I was just
1: saying like when you were at the beginning of the show when you were talking about speculation versus investment, I was thinking what is something that to me kind of fits both categories and I have questions about, right? Yeah. Because people call our firm and say, hey, do you invest in marijuana stocks? Right.
0: And my answer largely is no. We've had, we've had some investors that have brought stuff to us and said, I'd like you to buy this. And we've kind of carved it out and said, okay, you know, at your direction, it's your money. We can facilitate that. We're not a brokerage firm, we're an advice firm. So we don't advise. And so that is, and here's why I don't currently say, and this again, I can't make recommendations on the air. That's not how that works, right? But I can tell you one of the challenges that I struggle with when evaluating cannabis-type stocks is because they're not federally legal, it creates a real quandary, right? So you are essentially betting on the river card or whatever you want to call it, right? You're waiting for federal legalization as a way to spring the value. This is akin to me like buying something in anticipation of somebody else buying that something and getting a springing value because somebody else will pay up for it. Got it. There are strategies like that that exist, by the way. Well, and to
1: me, it hits the Kardashian effect again, right? It's like, oh, well, I live in an area where marijuana is legal, and now I see all these shops going up, so I think there's money in it because it's in my sphere of influence, and so I want to invest in it.
0: Well, that's, there are lots of reasons that you know the, the demand may develop, right? right? So people will associate with demand. Uh, I have seen periods of time where pot stocks have gone up a bunch. I have seen periods of time when they do not. Right. Right. So it's, it's really a mixed bag there as to whether or not they are going to really behave the way you expect or hope. It sounds good. Fair enough. So the, but the larger point is that that's the speculative part, right? The speculative part is what's going to happen federally. So if you have unique insight into whether or not that's going to change, that may influence your willingness to invest. Oh, there you right. go. This was the same issue I had with Tesla, right? Is that when I look at the values on things and I look at Tesla and go, well, how much are you paying for a dollar of earnings that this company makes? And I see that, you know, you're paying a price to earnings ratio. Let me pull this up, right? Because I, it wasn't
1: the PE at one time like. In the thousands or something. Yeah, it was was over a thousand. It was like fourteen hundred or something. It was This by the way.
0: So real time. I'm going to Yahoo Finance, just so you know where this is. Which
1: again, public domain. Anybody can go check it out.
0: Closed today at six hundred three dollars and fifty nine cents, and Yahoo says the PE ratio is six hundred and four point eight. So that's that's what Yahoo is suggesting. So what does that mean
1: when you're talking about the PE ratio? I know we've discussed it before on the show. Well, price
0: to earnings ratio was. What is the, how much are you paying for a share of stock essentially for a dollar of earnings?
1: So you're paying $600 for a shock, $600 for one dollar of earnings.
0: Correct. And keep in mind that the high, high watermark for Tesla in the last uh, year was $900.40. So it's Tesla three, went from 900, it fell by a third to 600 more or less. So that was that your before PE or after ratio the split? is down to 600. Your PE ratio was also close to 900. It was more than that at the time, but Tesla's earnings have, you know, they're making a little bit more money. Here's the issue. What investment would you put $600 in and accept a $1 return?
1: <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but like David just said that with a straight face and it's true.
0: Like, right, like how's that an investment? And people are like, oh, no, Tesla's gonna, like, if you do the math, like Tesla has to become practically every single car in America.
1: In order for it to financially I mean, make it has, sense. It
0: has to become like so much of the marketplace. And I just struggle with that. And people say, well, oh, it's a technology company. They're gonna do these other things too. I'm like, well, that's fine. But how many years into the future are you betting? You know, to get paid a dollar for $600 today how many years are you willing to give Tesla to grow into that value? Right. And, and so if, and, and here's the other, if you really look under the hood, if the government were to turn off the incentives that people get for buying Teslas, do they have any profits at all? Oh, there you go. Right. So then you find yourself going, well, Tesla's a great investment as long as the government is helping to facilitate. Incentivize. Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm not telling you that Tesla's good, bad, or otherwise, because I think Teslas are cool. I, I, you know, I, you know, because I'm under the, I'm secretly kind of a car guy. I know that there's some quality control issues. You're not other secretly, stuff. you're a car guy. I'm a car guy, but I'm also a technology guy. And so like, I love the bells and whistles and Tesla's like driving a cell phone. It's cool. Right. True. But it doesn't have the same refinement as uh, a luxury vehicle from most manufacturers. Most car manufacturers are better at building cars than Tesla. They're not building faster cars. Right. I mean, Tesla's stupid fast because that's how electric cars work and that's cool. <laughs> but that's. <laughs>
1: but anyway. not if it's autopiloting at the speed limit, then the fastness doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And that's that's. But so that's another good point, though, right? You know, if you're if you think that Tesla's pioneering driverless vehicles, that's that's actually a what I will call kind of a, a, a massive scene shift. You know, I, I've talked about this on air before. I think that the my kids learn to drive. My grandkids might learn to drive, my great grandkids probably don't.
1: I would almost even ah, your grandkids may not even learn That's to drive. What, no,
0: I said I said they might learn. My, yeah. my kids learn to drive, my grandkids might. might. Not. And my great grandkids probably don't. And there's already a big yeah.
1: shift in that driving generation of people of non drivers.
0: Yeah, and, and if you think I'm crazy, right? Now this is speculation, but I will tell you that this is what I would call well informed speculation. Okay. Doesn't mean it will happen, but here's a theory for you. Oh. Public public transportation, while attractive in terms of like the volume, that like economies of scale look pretty good. When you can put a hundred people on a bus, or you put four people in a car, the bus on a passenger cost per mile way better, right? But, is it? Yeah, it is. Because buses are
1: heavy and they're expensive it, it, for it, fuel. they
0: still, they're, they're, they're way better. It's like, and actually per passenger seat mile, buses and trains are really good. Planes are pretty good, but they're not as, like cars are the best, most fuel efficient cars are better on a passenger seat per mile fuel usage than aircraft even. Aircraft are just really fast. True. You know, but if you look at the, the way that one of the biggest problems that cities struggle with, especially if we end up with electric vehicles, everywhere and a broadly distributed network and a way to create clean energy for them, then it's it's a neat concept if we can overcome some of the environmental hurdles, right? So how do you produce the energy and how do you store it? Because batteries are volatile as well. Right. But if you got over those two issues and technology is marching its way to that, then the next is really the infrastructure of these high density urban populations, right? Cities are super busy. They're super crowded. Rush hours are terrible. Right. Well, if you had cars that were driven by the computer instead of the idiots, that's us, (laughs) everybody, then the smart routing, if technology is up to it, is going to do a better job of using the existing bandwidth of our roadways to get everybody through. So smart routing will use side streets and main streets and Route cars better than humans do it natively. well and there, so it's more efficient.
1: If there would be less cars, right? If you put four people in one car versus one person in four cars, there's just less cars on yeah, the road so, too.
0: And, and that's that's a separate issue because I think car ownership may change too over this time.
1: Yeah, it's going to start being leased out and other things. Well, that's and my
0: my my base theory is that you may see that people buy cars like they invest in apartments or something. Like a person may buy a car to keep it in a fleet because. The fleet smart routes and everything becomes sort of like an Uber or a Lyft, right? You know, you just say, "I need to get picked up here," and the vehicle comes and gets you. You get in and it takes you where you're going, and it's just this network of driverless vehicles that are smart managing within a city and they're managing to where you are. They know your location, they get you and take you there. And so it's just you're not allowed to drive in the city, right? Like that would be the crazy talk is you just you're not allowed.
1: Which it could totally happen.
0: Yeah, so. Now, that, by the way, there's some significant speculation on that. That's And that's also, we're talking decades, right? Maybe. We're not talking, I would suspect, looking at the technology and the pathway, there are things that are more important than that. True. So I think that where we pour the resources won't be there first. Okay. But I think it's coming. Okay. Yeah, so. Are we supposed to take any more breaks? One more? We do. Okay. So, see, look at that. Dale was on it. So, we'll take <laughs> our last break. We'll come back. And we'll wrap up with a few final thoughts speculation versus, in- versus investing. And how do you apply this to you personally? Oh, yeah. I love it. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn and Katie Shuck at we True Wealth on News Radio, 1240. KQ again. Welcome and back up. to the True Wealth Radio Show. Uh, so remember, check out the podcast. Exactly. Littlejohnfs.com under the Educate tab. Lots of good tools there. and Check why- out our YouTube channel. Yep. Yeah. Because there's lots of good tools there. We are, you know, we're going to be adding more to that in the near future as uh, because we love spinning plates. Right.
1: Oh, my gosh. I am one of the best. I should be in a sideshow.
0: You. You might be.
1: <laughs> I feel like a sideshow. I'm sure
0: somewhere there's a uh, hidden cameras.
1: Oh no, 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 that'd be bad. All right, so, so I kind of feel like it was "Deep Thoughts" by Jack Handy. Do you indeed. remember those? Okay, yes. so don't, don't
0: throw your keys in hot lava. <laughs> they're they're gone. <laughs>
1: Speculation versus investment is the topic of the show today. Um, I would say check, you know, the deep thought for me is just check where you're getting your sources from and are you just jumping on the bandwagon, right? Are you doing it because everybody else says it's popular to do or is it really worth your time and money?
0: Yeah. I'm going to throw one more out there too. So we've talked about uh, investing in fact does involve speculation, but speculation doesn't involve investing typically. Uh-huh, right? Speculation go. can be just flat out guessing or gambling. Investing is not gambling. It may be calculated risk, but you know, gambling, to me especially, you know, if you go to a casino, the odds are in favor of the casino. Right. Right? So you are gambling that you can somehow outperform odds that are against you. Right. Proper investing, the odds should be in, in your, your favor. favor. You are the house. Right? And so that's the idea is that what you're trying to do is understand as many variables as possible and then be thoughtful about where you position yourself in order to take advantage of the, the, what you expect to be profitable. Right. Okay? And so investing is supposed to return and, and preserve purchasing power. And hopefully, if you are working, you know, if you're investing in things that are growing, that you should actually exceed in the rates of inflation, for example. It's not just maintaining purchasing power, but it is growing it. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the idea behind investing. But there's another key category to it time. Right? Investing typically involves longer time horizons. Now, right. longer to me is typically more than a year. Anything, in fact, I could almost argue more than five years, but I'll go with two to three. And the thinking behind this is you need to give time for a full mar- market cycle to emerge, right? Historically, bear market cycles, last research I looked at, about 15 months. Oh, interesting, okay. And so if, if you go through 15 months of pain, then you have to have the market start recovering and so it can take a while so it may take three or four years to go through a bear market and recover and break even on an investment and if you sell early you will capitalize or codify you know that loss so just because the markets are down doesn't mean it was a bad investment. It just means that markets go through cycles. Okay. So having enough time horizon for your investments to survive a full market cycle before recovery is important.
1: Can you make money in a bear market?
0: You certainly can. Oh, there you go. Right, there. I mean, there are lots of ways to be profitable as investors, uh, but just be aware, time is a big factor. If you know that this your time horizon is hours, days, weeks, not an investment, speculation you were trading especially if you have really short-term time horizon. same day trading trading is not investing trading is trading it can be profitable it can be unprofitable it can be hard yeah so be aware of what you're what you're adventuring into because a lot of people will sort of frame these things as well it's a good idea for me right now because i can rationalize my circumstance that doesn't make it a good investment just because you could talk yourself into it
1: and check your emotions at the door folks
0: yeah your emotions are the enemy on this one so by all means get clinical and you should have a better response all right. Well, there is the sound of the music that you know what that means. It is time to rock and roll. Katie, how do folks reach us for more?
1: 541 375 8, 8. Always send an email. Info at littlejohnfs.com.
0: Right. Or just littlejohnfs.com and you can find all the info there. Uh, but we're out of time for now. So thanks for tuning in. Until next time, this has been Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you've been listening to True Walk on News Radio 1240.
1: KQEN. The proceeding program was
0: paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.